0: One of the most powerful, amazing things about fashion is that it just has this ability to make you feel good or feel confident when you're wearing clothes. And so sometimes we shouldn't overlook the fact that the fashion moments that we love in movies or on TV are when a character just looks great.
1: Welcome to The Fashion Forum, a series brought to you by the British Fashion Council, aimed at creating positive change and highlighting the relationship between the creative industries celebrating not only fashion designers, but the broader creative community. I'm Shelby Ivy christie fashion and costume historian, and today, the host of this episode, discussing the mutual influences, fashion, film, and TV, a subject that is near and dear to me, as my love of fashion was ignited by costume and TV and films. So for me, it was the 2006 version of Marie Antoinette, with Kirsten Dunst, that was my undoing as a teenager. That was my segue into love of costume in TV and film. And it really helped me understand how fashion can be a vehicle for storytelling. So prior to Beyonce's Black is King, this was the gold standard of costuming for me, and it really was a film that set my curiosity ablaze about how fashion and costume are these vehicles for storytelling that I'm still investigating today in my role. I'm joined today by two guests. I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves and also answer, why fashion? Why did you choose fashion, or why do you love fashion, and how fashion? How did you get into the industry? I'm going to go ahead and go first. Why fashion? Why fashion? For me, it was always about the storytelling. As a fashion and costume historian, I focus on examining fashion through the lens of race, class, and culture. For me, it is literally about the why. What bit of information about our society or a character or a cultural climate is this piece of clothing or this costume choice or this brand providing us with? What is it telling us about our society? Furthermore, as a Black woman, of course, traditionally fashion is viewed through a very white lens, which is changing and has changed over the course of the last couple of years. But of course, that's always been a curiosity of mine as well. Katie, I would love to hear your responses to these questions. Can you tell us why fashion and how fashion?
0: Sure. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm Katie Lubin. I'm VP of Brand and Communications at LIST, which is a global fashion shopping app and technology platform. and Why fashion? I guess I've always just been fascinated by the meaning and the cultural relevance of what we choose to wear and how fashion shapes and reflects the culture that we live in. And, you know, your expertise is is historical. And looking back, I would say mine is really about what's happening right now, using the data inputs that we get from being this huge global fashion platform used by 200 million shoppers a year to really see what people are trying to find and opting to buy and to tell the stories of what those customers want to wear. And in terms of how fashion, I kind of came in through the PR door. So I was a young teen who was good at blagging her way into parties. And someone said to me, you should kind of use these convincing persuading skills to do some promotion for some brands and fashion companies and so I started out interning at a kind of small boutique PR agency and then have worked in fashion e-commerce at Mr. Porter and now List and so over kind of a decade of experience working in fashion e-commerce and using these technological signals of what the world is shopping for to inform a kind of cultural view on trends and fashion's wider place in the world.
1: I'm super excited to actually have your perspective and really hear from you kind of forward-looking, present looking, what those cultural implications are in the fashion industry, and kind of just getting your perspective is going to be super just a personal curiosity to me as a historian. That's really awesome to hear, and yeah, uh, the PR start to fashion, I know many, many uh, fashion girls have (laughs) PR horror stories in their early years, so that's an interesting start.
0: I think the horror stories kind of arm you for the future, right? (laughs) If you can deal with being a fashion PR assistant, and the egos, and the drama, and everything that comes with that, then you can kind of take anything that the fashion industry throws at you. It's
1: so true. On my end, on the creative side, we start as fashion interns in the closet, which is how I got my start. And it's the same exact thing. If you can do the dirty work and deal with the closet and we shuttled samples, I'm sure you know, way before there was Uber and all of these things, we were pushing that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if you can weather that storm, then you're, you're good to go on the back end. And Colleen, I'd love to hear your answer as well. Well,
2: I've always loved fashion, even when I was a child, growing up in a very sort of Desolate area of Washington state. So, it, to me, it's an art form that I've looked at from afar, and it's great to sort of continue to look at it as I grow older and, and more experienced in my work. The how, well, it's a very long story. So, to be brief, in the 70s, I managed and had private clients for a Saint Laurent boutique in Seattle, Washington. And, you know, it was the first years of Saint Laurent's Pretty Porte and the beginning of a lot of brands, Calvin Klein in America, all those brands were coming forward at that point in history. So fashion was huge. And I had people, as not gigantic a city as Seattle is, people came there from all over the world shopping. So it was an exciting time for me. And once I did that, I started going to New York and suddenly had this epiphany that I wanted to work on movies. And so that everything I learned from displays, selling clothes, and all the things I learned from that part of my life definitely have served me in being a costume designer.
1: Fashion and film and TV have had a long-standing connection. I'm thinking Salvatore Ferragamo's collaboration with Hollywood Studios in the 1920s, or Coco Chanel's contract with MGM Studios in the 30s. Not forgetting the iconic Givenchy and Audrey Hepburn moment in Breakfast at Tiffany's. There are many fashion partnerships that have been amazing throughout the years. Uh, For me, I love D&G and Prada's partnership on Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Not to give D&G any talent, but it was perfectly, perfectly a costume for the Montagues in that film. I wanted to start the conversation by asking you both to share A fashion film or TV moment that changed your life in some way. Maybe it influenced your personal style from that moment, or maybe it was just an iconic moment in fashion film at that time. For me, I would say, as I said before, the 2006 production of Marie Antoinette had a major impact on 15-year-old me. I was obsessed, and that launched me into the canon of fashion um, and charted my course, and career in fashion. Uh, But I also love black sitcom costuming. Again, um, growing up in the early 2000s, you didn't really see a lot of black women included in the luxury arm of the fashion kind of experience. My favorite show as a 14, 15, 16 year old was Girlfriends. It's a black sitcom show that ran throughout the early 2000s. And the lead actress was Tracy Ellis Ross, who was a style icon in her own right. And it featured a cast of Five best friends, all Black women from different walks of life, but mostly affluent. And for the first time I saw Black women carrying Birkins or wearing Louboutins, Tracy Ellis Ross's character was an attorney. She indulged in design, not just in her clothes, but in her home. Seeing Black women participate in luxury lifestyle, that was such a huge moment for me. And I had the opportunity to interview Stacey Beverly, who was a Black woman who costumed that show. And she spoke pretty candidly about the challenges of requesting samples from luxury brands for the show because at this time the black audience was not necessarily viewed as a viable demographic to most luxury brands a lot of the costume she was candid was actually tracy ellis ross's own wardrobe because she is already a wealthy affluent black woman katie are there any films or tv shows that you continue to indulge in purely just for the fashion like is there are there shows where you're like I'm gonna watch this this is my comfort film I want to
0: see the clothes um
1: I'd I'd love to hear from you
0: yeah definitely I mean it's funny that you mentioned like black sitcoms as soon as you mentioned that the first thing that stood out to me was I was obsessed with Hillary from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air completely off the chain obsessed with everything that she wore the little like tweedy chanel twin sets the headbands the snatched waist she always looked just so cool classy and chic but also with like attitude and she was funny and she had this great job she was a tv presenter and for me as a teenager when that show was first on but like totally still indulge in that now would happily watch it whenever it's on. She just was super inspiring. Her whole attitude and how she styled the clothes as well as the clothes that she chose to wear, she was a huge inspiration to me growing up. And then I guess the movie reference that I really stood out to me at the time and I still think is like a very powerful example of fashion in film is The Fifth Element. Futuristic sci-fi set movie All the costumes were done by Jean-Paul Gaultier and they were these like crazy out there bespoke kind of alien high fashion outfits that were just unlike anything you'd ever seen before. It's interesting there's this new generation of luxury fashion fans in particular who are obsessed with archive diving and mining past collections and movies and inspirations of designers for references for what they can wear now and what they can collect. And I consistently see the fifth element called out as an example of something that was really like an iconic moment that inspired lots and lots of people to think of fashion in this very creative, high art way.
1: Yeah, no, that's definitely like a a cult classic when it comes to costuming, beautifully done costuming, interesting and intricate. And I would dare say, I know we aren't discussing music, but I do feel that Doja Cat's video For Need to Know echoed a lot of the costuming and called back that kind of futuristic alien-looking costuming that Jean-Paul Gaultier had done in that film.
0: Totally. Music videos are a really relevant and important cultural reference point for this kind of costuming as well. The clothes that artists are styled in or choose to wear and they have this perfect little three-minute moment to create this world, to put these fashion items into a context. I think with music, adding that extra element of emotion and tangibility of how the clothes move, if they're dancing. No, I
1: I definitely agree um, a thousand percent. Colleen, I would love to hear from you your answer.
2: A movie called El Gatto Pardo, The Leopard, which was a 70s Italian movie. The minute I saw that movie, I was just going this is what I want to do. It was so beautiful. Every aspect of it, from the sort of respect for what a costume was, what a piece of fabric was, and and the craftsmanship on the making of it, to me resonated in a way that has influenced me my entire life. The clothes looked not like costumes, but like clothes on real people. And it's still something I look back on every once in a while and enjoy and the other moment was a movie a curacao movie called ran that is a spectacular film and when i got to do memoirs of a geisha i looked back on ran and went even though it's two different cultures and and things the idea of the spirit of the two movies to me was incredible and a real connection for kind of spiritually
1: Can I just take a moment and say the work on Memoirs of a Geisha is amazing. Like, I'm obsessed. It's literally in probably my top five favorite costume films. I mean, it's amazing.
2: Thank you. It was lucky, you know, it's a gift as a designer to get to do a movie like that with that director.
1: Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it's beautifully costumed. I love the scene when the main character is just making her debut and doing that dance and kind of that snow is falling on her and just... It's amazing. Do you ever think of the longevity or the timelessness of costumes that you've put together when you were in that moment costuming that film or films otherwise? Do you think about kind of how it's going to exist in the canon or how it's going to inform future work? Or
2: I do, especially when I start doing things that are more contemporary. It's tricky in two ways. In contemporary work, I always look at it and go, like right now, that boho style with all the ruffles and all that is so like everywhere. And I'm (laughs) naturally not that girl style-wise. So it looks great on people. I love it. But like I'm doing a contemporary thing at the moment and I'm just like going, oh my God, is there something without a ruffle? Because in two years, that's going to look so dated. Like that's that thing then. So I really try to keep an, a classic aspect to the films that I do, even contemporary. I think one of the greatest sort of stylists that way as directors, probably when you look back on a Hitchcock movie, because they are very beautifully designed in a way that doesn't scream a certain year or time that you can still look at and be inspired by. And that's kind of my goal in contemporary work. In period work, it's a different thing because you have these amazing costumes from an era but you're putting them on a body even in geisha the height and the different sizes of our bodies today compared to the historical size of the body that was wearing it in the period i mean women have shoulders now that men never had in 1880 you know we're much much bigger people than we were 200 years ago and so it's really interesting when you get into period how sometimes you really have to tweak it and change the design of it so it looks like the period, but it still kind of resonates with the physicality of people today.
1: Yeah, I can imagine there are just so many intricacies to, as you mentioned, you having to think forward and backward as a costume designer almost. How do you feel costume is able to leverage a moment in time and kind of portray that moment historically and politically?
2: I think when I'm telling something in that way that I suppose politically you you sort of get the stature of a person, for example, somebody that's a villain, say, that I suppose the politics of somebody, it describes a character like the entrance costume of Johnny and Sweeney Todd, where it's a silhouette and it says who that person is, good or evil, is sort of a political lean on it. But generally, to me, it's so tied into character more than a statement. You know, you look at the TV show Atlanta, which has a great costume style to it to me because it's political without being political. It it doesn't make a big deal about anything. It just looks real.
0: That's actually a great point you make. It's so interesting to hear from the perspective of someone who is choosing the costumes and outfitting the characters because certainly from the perspective of trying to think about what it means, I often feel like maybe we are reading too much into it. And from a surface level, of course, your first impression of someone is based on what they wear. And the same goes on screen, right? It tells you about their identity, their wealth, their power, their class, maybe what geography they live in. Do they look kind of Italian vibes? Do they look American? But actually it's interesting to talk about fashion in this sense of a cultural artifact. Fashion is a powerful vehicle for communicating all sorts of things, but a huge part of that comes down to the eye of the beholder and your own existing notions of what you think that thing means and how you interpret that trend or that moment or that outfit from your own cultural perspective.
1: I agree with that too I think you made some really valid points about the lens through which you're viewing the fashion of course makes it different and unique to everyone's interpretation depending on your profession depending how close or how far away you are from the clothing has an impact on how you view something historically or politically or what you're your cultural context or point of view is when examining that costuming.
0: Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think one of the most powerful, amazing things about fashion is that it just has this ability to make you feel good or feel confident when you're wearing clothes. And so sometimes we shouldn't overlook the fact that the fashion moments that we love in movies or on TV are when a character just looks great. And you're like, she looks incredible. She looks so cool. She's looks like she's having a great time. She's happy. Or that's just an interesting moment because it stands out and the colors are amazing. And so, yeah, I think often there's not always this big deeper meaning connection to why we think an outfit is important or fun or memorable.
2: Right. It just looks good. And it made us smile. Yeah. Well, I always say it is the entertainment industry. It's nice to look at something that's pretty that's not... You know, I mean, we get the real, but it's nice sometimes to elevate it and see somebody just look amazing and fun and, you know, enjoy that part of costuming and film and and a sort of escape from day to day life. When
1: talking about the process of costume design and its influence, it can almost be like life imitating art, imitating life. I'm thinking of the wardrobe from the last three seasons of Insecure, in particular, And how Black designers such as Telfar, Brother Valet, were mixed in with European fashion houses like Gucci. We see a character like Molly in a way that we rarely see Black women, affluent with a wardrobe that shows it. The wardrobe was authentic, symbolic, but also inspirational. Um, And Katie, you can kind of see this in real time on list, right? Whether it's the rise in Regency Corps brought on by Bridgerton or the Gilded Age, What's the strangest trend you've seen come through as a direct influence of a new TV or movie release?
0: Yes, absolutely. We see and we track the impact of TV shows and popular culture moments on fashion search and sales constantly. So if there is a program that is trending that everyone's talking about on a streaming platform or a movie that's just come out, we will look into you know the kind of hero icon products and trends worn in that show to see what the response has been from shoppers all over the world so a really unexpected trend that we saw as a result of a tv show was squid game the netflix show again and you know this was like crazy dystopian fantasy thriller not something that you're watching thinking like oh i'm in a kind of shopping mindset but actually everyone was wearing these boiler suits and with them these same specific pair of Vans sneakers and in the months following Squid Game we saw a 200% increase in searches for those pairs of Vans which was so shocking to me because I was not like this is an inspiring fashion moment but clearly enough people watched that show and thought that is a cool look that I want to get my hands on so that was just kind of a funny one that I remember popping up at the time that I definitely didn't see coming. For sure Bridgerton huge hit millions and millions of households all over the world were watching that tuning in on Netflix and I think we saw a 120% increase in searches for corsets in the month following its release and even an increase in search for opera gloves like long opera gloves these aren't pieces that were trending pre that for many other reasons and then you get to see you know programs like Euphoria where this kind of Gen Z younger audience were adopting some of the like styling tips as well as the like individual products from the cropped cardigans to the fishtail back trousers, the chunky boots. Even shows like Emily in Paris were really introducing the world to new designers and brands. You mentioned Black Is King earlier. I remember seeing a huge spike in Marine Serre after that one incredible moment where Beyonce and a load of dancers were all wearing the same leotard with the Marine Serre moon print all over it. That was the top trending logo of the year when Black Is King was released. And actually Telfar, still one of the top trending contemporary brands on list as a result of this consistent placement in movies or TV shows and just on influences and personalities that really connect authentically with the community. And so, yes, we see it all the time that what we choose to watch is absolutely influencing how we dress.
1: I love to hear that. And to your point about corsets, this, that euphoria rise and Bridgerton rise was also happening where, you know, the Vivian Westwood corset um, and to Colleen's point and to your earlier point, Katie, about you know, Gen Z's interest in hunting down these archival moments. I think those things coupled with these TV moments, one hand is kind of washing the other and we're seeing it and what people are buying and wearing on the street. And and I love that. And I don't know if it's the social media that's helping to churn Kind of that will as well, but I, I've never seen a period like this before in fashion. Maybe Carrie and the Jimmy Choo's before my time, mm-hmm. um, but in a way that it, you see it on TV and people just go out and get it.
0: I think it's only going to get faster and faster, that cycle of people seeing things, searching for them, getting their hands on them. And now that Netflix has announced that they're going to be launching a advert-supported tier, there's going to be some really interesting opportunities for brands and retailers to interact with the people viewing these shows in real time as they watch that content. And if they can get the right data and insights that mean they can make really impactful decisions around the relevancy of what they show to what customers, then I think they'll be able to really change how brand and content and customer fit together in new formats. For
1: sure. I'm super interested about that partnership, you know, a la Amazon Live in their studio and having fashion shows and then the finale pieces on those fashion shows are then shoppable on Amazon. So like you mentioned, we're seeing that path from TV influence to being able to click checkout. It's a shorter journey than it used to be. It's like
2: the Truman Show meets Home Shopping Network. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's so true. Scary. It's the new school shopping network. Yeah. It is. <laughs> We love a collaboration in fashion and never has the world of film and TV and the fashion industry been so interconnected in such a way. Balenciaga's collaboration with the Simpsons in October 2021, Miu Miu and Prada created the costumes for Baz Luhrmann's Elvis Presley biopic, Luca Guadagnino, who himself has collaborated with many fashion brands, including Salvatore Ferragamo, Armani, Fendi, Cartier to name a few hired Jonathan Anderson as the costume designer for his upcoming film, Challengers, starring Zendaya. Colleen, what is it about fashion and film that makes for such a perfect matrimony?
2: Well, I think the fact that if you're doing the right thing, the capabilities of fashion and fashion manufacturing was at a huge advantage. What people don't know, and I'm just going to say it because in sort of stead of my fellow costume designers, is when those collaborations happen and we collaborate with fashion sometimes and even do things where it's our design and the fashion people do it and they market it, is it's very seldom that the designers themselves wreak any benefits from that financially, which you know I don't think the world realizes. So it does cause a certain kind of uneasiness as a costume designer as to, okay, you know, suddenly all these things are huge and then you get the costume and you make it work every day with people and, and do your job as a designer. You know, for sure you're paid well and you get your paycheck. But the fact is that there's sort of a glamour associated with that that doesn't necessarily have a financial kind of thing, even with social media or whatever, which I don't think is exactly fair. It's a battle costume has been fighting for a long time with studios because it's it does impact us.
1: Right. It's it's a it's a balancing act. We've come to the end of the conversation. But before we go, we've all shared how and why fashion. I would like to know now fashion. What does fashion mean now or what is the future of fashion? I'll go first. For me, the future of fashion um, looks like personal expression. I think, at least in my experience as a Black woman navigating fashion, so much of it was about self-preservation. It was about putting on a representation, right? Whether that be professionalism. If you wanted upward mobility in your career, you need to look this way. You need to be groomed this way. Your hair should be this way. And this is how you put on a professional representative. And again, self-preservation historically, as we look throughout the history of African-Americans, look at the civil rights movement and having to wear suits and wear your Sunday's best as you march for your civil rights uh, and fight for your rights. You wanted to show, look, we are good, clean, upstanding uh, citizens. We deserve these things, too. I think now uh, fashion has shifted to self-expression, right? Um, You can be subversive. You can try new things. You can wear something that says, this is who I am as a person. Um, And maybe work from home and fallout from the pandemic that we're still in has created more room for people to push uh, professionalism out out of their first thought of self-expression. And they're able to more easily explore fashion um, and dress in a way that is more personal to who they are. So you can maybe try pink hair or wear a Vivian Westwood corset, or whatever it might be. So I think fashion now is going to be even more so than it has been about expressing one's true
2: self. I think fashion is, you know, as projected with all the things that you've just discussed in the last segment, fashion is growing and and becoming more accessible, which is a beautiful thing. More people can have fashion. I have certain qualms about disposable fashion, and I love that people are going back to archives to enjoy fashion from past times and there's a huge um, resurgence of of you know recycling clothes that are great clothes which I really love.
0: Fashion now I mean I think it it remains what it's always been which is about self-expression and identity and belonging and I think that the more different platforms and spaces emerge and become more accessible to more people we'll just continue to see Greater experimentation, more pushing of the boundaries, breaking of the rules, and people just wearing whatever the hell they want to wear and feeling comfortable and great in doing so.
1: Thank you so much to Carleen Outwood and Katie Levin for joining us for this conversation. I'm Shelby Abby Christie, and you have been listening to the BFC Fashion Forum. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with your friends. And if you want to discuss further, drop your comments at at British Fashion Council on Instagram.